What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. I am pumped to bring to you my dear friend and fellow personal trainer, Tasha Edwards. Listen, Tasha, (laughs) so amazing. Basically, I told her, I was like, from day one, if you listen to my podcast, I'm pretty sure I say, so I'm so excited to do this podcast and like have Tasha on. Like she was my number one for bringing onto the podcast. And when you hear this episode, you will 1000% understand. A little background on how Tasha and I met. You will hear our story through this podcast, but we both uh, worked super hard years and years ago towards this Under Armour campaign at the time that was called What's Beautiful. And we both just really aligned with it. We posted about it. Um, on our own accounts and ended up being chosen by Under Armour based on just our stories and our passion through what we do uh, to become ambassadors. And that's how Tasha and I met. And we think it was 2013 from what we were trying to remember in this episode. We instantly had a connection. She is one of the most amazing, like, motherly older sister vibe that you get right away. She is the most non-judgmental, open-armed human that I know. And in this industry, when you find people like that, you hold them close. And I'm so thankful that we are such good friends throughout all these years. She's someone I've been able to go to with questions and honestly, just looking for advice. And she's just, she's just the best. And she looks through, she sees through the BS in the industry and brings it back to the realness that we all know and love. You guys are going to learn so much from this episode, whether you're a trainer, influencer, or literally none of the above, you're going to learn so much from Tasha and her realness and just how to truly stay true to yourself, which is the goal of this whole podcast to interview people that have these amazing stories. And Tasha is at the top of my list. So make sure you follow her hiphealthychick.com or at hiphealthychick on social media. Um, I just have so many wonderful things I can say, but you'll hear it in this episode. She's going to be coming back. We have so many things we want to talk about. Like anyone I bring on this episode, I'm like, you're coming back again and again and again because they're just huge, huge impacts on my life. And I want that to be shared with all of you because why hold it all to myself? Give it to others, people. Give it to others. So love you, Tasha. You're amazing. Make sure you follow her hip, healthy chick, and we will see you in the next episode. there yeah honest to god I was like I'm just gonna hit record because it's just me and you you know what I mean like this is this is what we do like all of our conversations could be a podcast episode let's be honest and yeah every time we talk I'm like why am I not recording this because people (laughs) would get so much out of everything we talk about but I did want to say real quick because I always like I'd I'll go and put an intro and be fancy like in before this and talk about how much I love you so you don't have to worry about it just go right and do it here but one thing you won't believe are you ready for this 
Mm-hmm. That's not our. Blade. Oh, girl. No, <laughs> I'm like, have you, have you switched over? I could not believe I said Tasha's gonna die whenever I literally bring this and be like, I have an orange straw. So for people that obviously are, they're not gonna be able to see what we're talking about. I have a, uh, you know, drinking my coffee at three in the afternoon because that's that's the time we're both actually drinking. Same. Same. (laughs) So I, um, Tasha and I are uh, Starbucks like through and through every single conference we go to together. And we'll talk all about how we've known each other. I have so many things I want to get into today, but I, one of our main things of you and I together is the love for coffee and the love for good coffee. And we don't just, we don't just tread. We want, we are bougie with our coffee and we will walk when we have no cars, we will walk at conferences, 20 freaking minute walk to go get a coffee (laughs) and miss, miss sessions so we can drink it outside in the sun. That's what we did last time we were together in person, but we are very Starbucks driven. If obviously in America, you're going to find Starbucks in more locations, like these convention centers and stuff that we're around. So we always would, one of us brings the Starbucks to the to the, to the workshop. One of us, whoever gets there first, which normally is Tasha, because she's way more on time than I am. Um, I'm like, Hey, whoever's first, it's like, Tasha's got it. She picks up our order. So what happened is I'm living in new England. Right. And out here, Duncan is on every corner. I'm talking like they're, they're across the street from each other. Just in case you don't want to make a left turn, you can make a right turn. And there's a Duncan. I'm not even kidding you. I'm not even kidding you. Right. So you're bringing a girl from Pittsburgh who has Starbucks mostly everywhere one Dunkin Donuts in the whole vicinity of my town. Right. And I've never drank it. I always used to think it was just watered down iced coffee. I'm like, Oh, I don't know how people can drink that. So gross. So one day I decide, well, they have oat milk. They have oat milk at, at Dunkin. Uh So I pull in and I get a hot oat milk latte with now Tasha doesn't do dairy. And I really don't uh, much anymore do as much dairy based on some stomach stuff but they have these swirls, right? Well, these swirls yeah. are, they're made from like evaporated milk is what I ended up re- researching. And I got a little bum, but I was like, you know what? One pump every now and then I'm okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I get it. And now I do iced macchiato. So it's espresso oat milk and I get one caramel swirl and I get three toasted almond shots. And this shit is amazing. <laughs> yeah. My daughter won't drink, um, she has her particular drinks at every place, but like once she discovered oat milk, like that's her preference. If she drinks iced coffee, that is her preference. I won't tell you how many shots and sugar and stuff that she puts <laughs> in it, but yeah, I found out about the swirls after I got a stomach ache, after I had a couple or whatever, but I was like, oh, but you know, at 45, I have kind of let go of like, if it didn't kill me, like if it was like, I'm not going to die because it was, it has some dairy in it. Like, yes, I'm, I'm just at that point. I'm just yes. at that point. Yes. And so yeah. I didn't even know, like, it was almost like yeah. ignorance is bliss. Cause I'm like, Same. I didn't even know it was in it. And then all of a sudden they're like, my blood works like, okay, so we're going to keep dairy out again for like a little bit longer. Like I'm doing some different stuff with hormones and gut and everything. And I'm like, okay, 
drinking like every other day, maybe <laughs> stopping, right? And then I'm like, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel the effect of dairy. Uh, right. I think over time I did. Um, looking back now, I used to be really a lot more um, like gassy at like TMI, but that's what this podcast yeah. is all about. So yeah. I uh, would be ga- more gas pains in the evening mm-hmm. and I used to do like Greek yogurt every night and but never correlated it always kind of thought, well, it's just how I am. Like I've just always had gas or whatever, but it's like, you don't need to always have gas. Like this isn't normal. Right. Right. But it's, but I've had it for so long that I was like, this is just me. So I cut out dairy and actually eggs were a huge Mm. thing on my gut, whatever, you know, information I got back. It was like egg yolks and egg whites. And for years, you understand this in the bodybuilding world that I was in for a little bit. It's like, eggs or everything. Like you eat, I'm talking like six, seven egg, egg whites a day. I'm doing this since I was 20. No wonder I got a fricked up stomach, right? Like I'm doing Mm -hmm. too much. And so I thought I could never live without eggs. And I think, you know, you'll probably have some good stories about when you start to take things out. And then all of a sudden you're like, you don't want them anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, on that gut thing, you know, what's, what's interesting is that I get gas at night, mm-hmm. but I think mine is from stress. Ah, and could also have been what I was also dealing with, but thought, oh, it's always been food. It's always been food. And that, uh, what a, what an awesome example though, for people, right? That like, I'm kind of just getting this now at 31 years old. Like, even though I have, I've had IBS and knew that my anxiety manifests through my gut uh, from yes. a young age. Yes. But how much of it is stress that things we're dealing with and how much of it is actually food? Yeah, agree. Because the thing, and I, and I, I had to ask myself, why am I getting gas at night? But I feel like when I'm working, I'm on adrenaline. Mm. When it starts to get quiet in my mind, again, if you're, if you're challenged with anxiety, you know exactly what I mean. That one, like as soon as I sit down, It's like, oh, remember what happened when you were in the second grade? Oh, what about this? Oh, you have to do that tomorrow. Oh, you know, and it was just like the quiet created, you know, made space for the anxiety. And it was like, it took over my body. And I'm like, why do I have gas? And to like, try to explain to people why you have gas (laughs) because you're stressed is a super super weird phenomenon to to people until you experience it. Mm. I mean, I, being a young kid that had, was told I had IBS when I was, I don't even know, fourth grade. And I would be in the nurse's office curled in a ball and be like, why does my stomach hurt so bad? There's someone in there. I would always go like this. There's someone in there like doing this. And she's like, you know, that's whenever we really found out that I was really dealing with anxiety at such a young age. And I remember being like, but why does my stomach hurt? You know? And to this day, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I must've ate something or whatever. But then that's why I go to therapy and she's like, okay, but what if it's X, Y, Z, what's going on? What's, you know, your stomach, my stomach is the first thing to trigger Mm -hmm. when something's off. So it's like my digestion is sensitive and it's not even by food sensitivity. It's Mm -hmm. more of it's the, it's the stress sensitivity. Like and we can go on about this, but it's like, if I'm traveling home, like if we travel in the car for a long time and I'm trying to get the car ready and I've got things to do, 
my digestion shuts down. Yeah. I don't go to the bathroom. I'm like done for days when I travel, no yes. matter how much water or magnesium I take, I am having trouble. But, and that was something that kept coming up in therapy. It was like, huh. Mm-hmm. And now in therapy, I'm talking about bowel movements. Hmm. We right. are all correlated. It is all yeah. correlated. For sure. And, you know, it takes having the right relationship with the right set of professionals to find that thing. You know, like my GI doctor, like her answer was, you need to drink more water. You need to take magnesium at night. I was prescribed Truelands. If that doesn't work, you need to um, add Miralax. And I'm like, okay. And I haven't been to the bathroom in three days. Now, what do I do? You know, they don't have an answer for that. It's a constant medicine until you find someone who is willing to, number one, hear that connection about not just what's going on in your, in your body, but in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think even therapists may not know the correlation, but they can certainly open up something that you're like, well, crap. Like, is this my issue? Like I've been taking Miralax for no reason when basically what I need to do is sit down and meditate, go to bed one time and get my shit together. Like, yes. Yeah. I just posted this. Oh my gosh. Before I forget. Okay. So I just posted this. I actually, I want to make it like an actual post. Ah, oh, did I save it here? Shoot. Hold on. This is like so true that it's almost stupid, right? Like it's like one of those things where you're like, this is the most simple thing. Okay. So, and this is, Tasha's going to be on board with me on this one. Okay. So it was like a quote from someone, right? Uh, like they're, I don't know if it's a tweet or how they do this. I feel like I'm such a grandma with social media. I'm right. like, how they make this? I don't even know. So it says the fitness industry makes a killing, convincing people they are broken and missing just one thing. You aren't broken. There isn't that one thing. 99% of you need to lift some weights, go on some walks, eat like an adult and get some sleep. Could I louder for the people in the back? Like, I'm like, we, can we hear it back here? Can we clap louder? Like literally I, 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 I read that and I was like, it is so simple yet so hard because people think that it needs to be this magic backflip kickflip thing you do. Yeah. to see, to see whatever your goal might be, or, you know, to feel your best or whatever it is, but you might just need to like lick a vegetable and get, get some better sleep and go on a walk instead of crushing yourself with high intensity interval training for five days a week. Like right. it's, it's simple yeah. and it's taken out of context all of the time. Because Uh, fitness professionals make money from that. Exactly what they said, you know? Mm. So in marketing seminars, they tell you, what do you solve for people? You know? Oh, great. If you think you're fat, I can market to you and say, I can make you slim. Right then you have my attention, which is why before and after pictures will get a million likes, even if people seen them a million times, because we are so desperate to, um, a lot of us would rather be dead than fat, you know? Totally, yes. And so fitness professionals, and, and in this day of social media, um, according to the people who follow them, everybody's a fitness professional, you know? Mm. And so in one of my, my teachers, when my coaching certification, one of the things that she said that corrected me on the spot was 
people are whole and resourceful all on their own. You know, and, and I, for that reason, I stopped using the word, I empower people because I don't. Um, mm. I can't give you something you already have. I can create space, help facilitate the environment with you to step into your own power, but I can't give you power, you know? Mm. And so to start thinking of people when I see them, not just as, oh my gosh, she has this, 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 and the codependent wants to say, how can I fix it? How can I fix it? And um, you can't. And the hard thing I feel about our profession is to detach from the outcome. If we've created this environment and you choose not to do it, you gain 20 pounds instead of losing it. I can't take responsibility for that working with you two hours a week and you're living with yourself the other 160 plus, you know? And so it's finding that that's what professionals do, not fitness enthusiasts, not fitness icons, not fitness influencers, but people who care about whole people have to balance themselves to not, you're, you're not God. You're not, <laughs> you know, you are literally there in the driver's seat where I'm saying you're Casey's driving 95 miles an hour. And I'm saying, hey, hey girl, slow down. Did you see that tree right there? Like, what do you think about that tree? You're in the driver's seat. If you drive 95 miles an hour and don't look, I'm just going to put my seatbelt on. I mean, there's nothing else yes. that I can do. Ugh. I'm already like, my neck's going to hurt because I just keep yes. saying, I'm like, yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I know we already got into this, but if y'all haven't realized yet, <laughs> why I love Tasha so much. So we've already been talking for five minutes. I'm already like off the edge of my seat, ready to run through a wall. I am inspired. I am. So let's, let's go back. Let's go way back and let's let people hear the story of how we became uh, friends and how we even met each other. And then the, there's so many lessons that I have learned from you and if anything, it's like the main one for me has just always like, I have always preached about being true to myself from day one, being on my blog or whatever. I always would sign it with like, and sincerely Casey never felt right. It was like, be true to you. And it just started because, I, okay, 10 years ago when social media started, everyone was following each other really based on like, I think who people wanted to look like, what mm -hmm. you wanted to, what, like, oh, her, I used to post, like, I think back now and I, and I've learned, right. And it's like, I would post pictures. You would just post pictures of your legs and be like, oh, yeah. I trained legs today. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what was yeah. I trying to help with that? Like, right. but we were, I think in the beginning, we were really looking for validation and mm -hmm. it was a platform that people could all, all of a sudden comment on things instantly and tell you how much they loved your legs instantly and tell you, how do I look like you? How do I eat like you? And that yeah. is how we started. And so back then, I am, you know, doing that. I get reached out to by Under Armour. And this is where Tasha and I came to be friends. So we, um, oh gosh, I don't even know what year it would have been, but uh, we both had a mutual, and I think it was 2013. Yes. Okay. Yeah. These things pop up on social media every now and then. And I'm right. like, holy <laughs> crap, right? Yeah. 2013, we had a mutual 
um, I would say friend through, uh, like a social media platform, uh, group that we were all kind of a part of like this group of like initial influencers that when there really wasn't like influencers yet, it was like, we were kind of, in my opinion, a very, a part of this first wave of fitness influencers that came through and companies were kind of like, Oh, maybe we should be listening to the people that are in the trenches with their clients and with, and people that like, Susan, who lives in the same town as Tasha, trusts Tasha's opinion more than she'll trust someone she doesn't know. We should be working with Tasha. And then I think companies started to understand mm-hmm. the importance of taking their marketing dollars towards so ter- towards billboards and commercials. And now they're starting to put it towards influencers and people that are in the space, right? Yeah. So we get reached out to by a mutual friend that, or girl that we knew kind of in this, in this little influencer community who I didn't even realize, honest to God, I did not know even worked for Under Armour. I just knew her as her kind of Jamie was doing her blog thing. Right. And so she reached out, Hey girl, I just remember like, Hey, I work for Under Armour. Uh, we're, and we were doing this, like what's, there was a, what's beautiful campaign. It was like the first one I think they had done. And honestly, I, I wasn't even working with them. I just liked it. And I started like posting about it because I, I just remember being like, I love this message. And I started posting about people I was working out with and I wasn't even a trainer yet. So it's like, I was about to be, so I was just posting people I like worked out with and was inspired by, and they noticed. And Jamie reached out and was like, what do you think about? Like, we're trying this new influencer ambassador program. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows, you know, me and Tasha have a ton of input on all of this, but we got sent to Baltimore. We ended up meeting each other at Under Armour headquarters. Um, and from day one is Tasha is the person that you just, you meet and you instantly feel like you've known Tasha your whole life. Like you're just, no matter how young I was, cause I obviously there's like, not that I'm saying you're old. I'm just saying no, there's an age difference. That. Yeah, There's an age difference. Right. And, and I think that it could easily turn into like, oh, these girls are younger and they're only 20. I was like 22 maybe at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but Tasha accepts you as no matter what the hell your <laughs> age background, where you are in life, Tasha just is open arms and there's no judgment. And those people I just believe you have to keep them close and you are, I'm so thankful for meeting you then because now here we are X amount of years later and you are just that person that I could, it's like, you're a mentor, but you don't, but you never make people feel stupid for coming to you with questions and, um, just, as who we are, like, and and there's no filter. And it's just like, Hey, like Tasha, I'm going through X, Y, Z, or this is how I'm feeling. Like, and Tasha's just like, I got you. Like, what do you need? Like, I got you. And then she, you give such amazing advice. And from day one, I was drawn to you. It was like, this woman is full of insight and knowledge and passion. And so I just want to say to you, like, I'm so thankful for you in my life and what you have opened up in my own world, right. And Casey's little bubble, like you have really helped expand and grow me as a person. And I think that anyone that listens to you and knows you, like people are drawn to you. And so that is, that 
it's, you're just an amazing human. And so the fact that we met then was so meant to be, and that is like our initial story, but then it obviously goes from there. Yeah. But that's how we met. (laughs) Yeah. And, And you know what's so crazy is that my, how I actually, I believe everything is a divine appointment. And how I got there is so like the rags to riches story, because one of the things that I I try to explain to people is that if you're doing you and you're doing authentic you, wherever you're supposed to be, people are going to find you. Um, I did, there were like 300 of us on this assignment through, you know, a fifth lunchroom. And apparently I'm obsessive. Because they said, I remember them sending an email. I, I teach group fitness, that group fitness and personal training in my own little space in the world. That's always been my thing. And so when we got the email saying, can anybody teach a group class? I was like, oh, I might not know about this social media thing because I had like 500 followers. And I was like, but what I can do, what I can most certainly do is teach a group fitness class. And I promise you, I did not sleep for three weeks putting on that event. And what happened was I got an email saying the person, she didn't even have a name at that point. The person from Under Armour is so impressed with what it is that you're doing. She wants to talk to you. And it was crazy because I have been doing master training with Piloxing and that was fine, but still nobody knew I existed. I was under the radar. I'm almost 40, you know, so I'm under the radar. I've been teaching for almost 10 years at that point. And no one really knew I existed. And the idea, and I'm going to say, Jamie did something for me by taking a chance on me that I could never thank her enough for. Because she basically took someone, she took me based on passion and not on numbers. And if I could like beat people over the head with that, but the thing of how we latch on to people, Casey, is when I got off the plane, you know, like Under Armour had posted our names and, you know, we were all Mm -hmm. on the marquee and it was great. When I got off of that plane, I had over a hundred extra followers. It was crazy. And I said, oh, is this what we're doing? Like, are you that nosy? Like, is this what we're doing? And the truth is, yes, we're that nosy because we feel like people, it's like FOMO, right? Like we feel like people are living something that we're so desperate to have. So you're at that point. And then there was a realization that y'all were early twenties. I was 37. My body was different. My fitness background, I taught Zumba, you know? and there, there was a difference and that was to also be the only woman of color. There was a lot of stuff on my back, you know, that a lot of time goes unsaid, but it doesn't go unfelt. Mm. You know? And so to be in that where I was being cheered on, cheered for, I was also being criticized because it was like, well, how the hell did she end up there? Mm-hmm. it's the same question that I get asked right now behind my back. How did she get there? And it was because I was willing to work my ass off with no followers in my own space and trusted that wherever I was supposed to be, 
I was going to get there. And so now eight years later, you know, I've had these perks in my career, these, these uh, bursts of all of a sudden now I'm on the scene, but they came with a price that I'm not sure that all people want to pay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because what happens, Casey, you know, when you get put out in front, the daggers in the back increase. People are coming after you and competing with you and you still haven't figured out why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a very interesting space right now to be in because I'm watching people that I know. And I will say from our community, because we've been in several communities together who are so focused on what I am doing that they are losing the beauty of what they are doing. Mm. Your eyes can't be on me for competition's sake because you'll always feel left behind because I'm running my own race. Honey, I'm not trying to go where you're going. I am 45, thick with my baby is about to be grown in October. I'm not going where you're going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm cool with that, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I just feel like the more the influencer space expands, um, it has, instead of being an honor and a responsibility, it has been so exploited. And like you said, it's going back to that same thing where you're posting just for somebody to stroke your ego when there's so much more potential than it was eight years ago for you to be connected to things that mean something to you. I mean, hey, you're cute, but what kind of substance do you have? People aren't, there are a million cute girls on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. What else do you have? And, and I feel like that's the space that we're moving into. And it's, it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking to, watch, to sit back and watch on this side. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh my God. I, oh, I just want to be like, yeah, I'm like the worst <laughs> podcast host. Cause I'm like, keep your mouth shut, Casey, just keep your lips together. Let them finish. Cause I get so like passionate with Tasha, yeah. like, yeah. and what I do want to, um, elaborate on too, is that I remember in that same situation where I was, you know, young Casey <laughs> trying to make it work, you know, working teaching, I was a, uh, emergency sub, a phys ed sub at the school I graduated from getting my personal training at the same time. And literally that what's beautiful campaign, I think it was put out to all of us like, Hey, could you guys help with this? But I just loved it in general. And I remember like making these posts and doing, asking for nothing, like just being like, right. I really like this. Right. Like who knows how many followers I had not even freaking know. Right? right. And when I remember when Jamie reached out, I, I remember sitting with my mom and being like, mom, right. Under arm. What? Like what me? Yeah. Like who, who like, you know, and then going out there and the, and then what you said is like, they, first of all, they treated us so well. Like Jamie's a freaking rock star. If I could just like put out there, shout out, Jamie, you are fucking unbelievable, but they made us feel so special. And I remember being like, but why, why me? Like, why am I out here? Like, and and you instantly take yourself down. Cause you're like, oh gosh, like, you know, there's so many other people that have these stories. And like, I'm just like, why am I here? You know? And then when people, the best part about this whole thing, right. Other than on the one side, you have people like you and me that are, you're, you're, you're just doing the work when no one's watching 
And when it finally gets brought out and people are like, oh, wow, look at this this, if I'm talking about you, like, look at this amazing human being, like, where has she been? Like, she needs to be out here. She's changing people's lives. Those other people, I remember being, getting asked by people, how did you get, how did you get that? Who did you reach out to? And being Mm -hmm. like, no one, I literally posted Mm -hmm. because I believed in the mission and Mm -hmm. I asked for nothing in return Mm -hmm. and I just believed in it and I started to to live it. And this is what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, all that hard work, like you said, it's all that work that no one, you think no one's watching. And then they come in and they're like, we want you. And I'm like, those are the people that Mm -hmm. you, that Jamie saw the potential in because we're, mm-hmm. we're true freaking humans. We're just yeah. real people working in the gym, working at the school, working here yeah. to, to working, being a Zumba instructor. Like we are at our local rec centers, our local community <laughs> colleges. Like we aren't in New York city. And when I got sent to New York city, I was like, why me? Like, right. I have a bodyguard for what? Like this dude, it's the easiest day of your life today. Like, you know what I mean? But they made yeah. it that early mission I just mm-hmm. wish we could all hold on to that early mission. Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like that mission gets lost. Gets it, lost. It does. Um, again, because, you know, with the emergence of, I mean, and we were even doing it back back then, but, you know, with the emergence, emergence of campaigns, we have been convinced that applying for something that requires 1,000 followers or 5,000 followers or 10,000 followers, if you think about it, Casey, how it drove people to buy followers to make it look like they were important in quotes when really <laughs> they could have taken that same energy and just opened up who they really were you know and i think you know so still at this point i get emails about campaigns i don't eat fish sticks so if a campaign comes to me, no matter how much it's paying, and I'm not going to say that there was a time like, oh, you want me to talk about fish sticks, even though I'm vegan, but my family can eat them because you're paying me $250 to say that there was a time that I took that. But I think what happens is as you become comfortable with who you are and what your lane is, you realize that number one, you're not going to pimp yourself out because somebody's paying money. Now I realize we all have bills. Don't get me wrong. But you start to fill your, you lose your people because you start to fill your feet with things that aren't truly reflective of who you are. So people are going to be super excited that you're posting about fish sticks or, you know, and say, oh my gosh, she got that campaign. Or people are going to be like, WTF, like, how are we talking about shoulder press? And now we're on here talking about fish sticks. You know, there's such, there's such a fish sticks, right. There's such Mm -hmm. an inconsistency. And again, it's, it's um, chasing going viral. It's chasing mm. going viral. You know, like I'm going to make a confession. I absolutely despise reels at this point in my life because they have become more entertainment. And I'm like, do you have to dance and point for everything? Like it's cute for a minute, but if you do that every day and I'm like, you couldn't have just said, this is what I think do this, do that. You know, it's like, we're becoming more entertainers than we are people with a message. And I mean, I get it. And there, there's a, there's a midpoint. 
I, I suppose. And what you're, it's like telling my 17 year old, my 17 year old has this thing with aqua color Crocs, right? right. So she has like an aqua color and something like a lime green-ish or something like that. So a couple of weeks ago, she goes outside with one of each. And Casey, I tell her I'm old and I don't understand. So not to criticize you, but I'm asking you, what is the purpose of wearing mismatched Crocs? And she said, I don't know just to be different. She's also 17. When I think of a 40-year-old struggling with the same thing that you would spend eight hours on one post just to look different, or be different, or be something that somebody's going to notice, and maybe you're going to go viral. Like, if you did have anxiety, you'll certainly have it now. You know, that constant being in, a, and, and again, ebbs and flows, because I've been in it too, that you spend all freaking day thinking about what the hell you're going to post. Can you just eat without taking a picture? Like, can you just go work out with the gym and not take a video? Like, can you just not take a picture with your morning abs, pulling your shirt up to say, oh my gosh, I had pizza, but look, I'm like, can you just be a human without thinking about how it relates to your social media? Can you help somebody without having to broadcast, hey, so just helped her figure out how to work on her quads, you know? And it's like, when do you become a human? And basically after social media, because what's supposed to be seen about you you won't even have to say it yourself. <laughs> you will not Ooh. have to say it. You, when you're in the right place, Ooh, that's good. Right time, you don't have to spend all of your time saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, because somebody's going to connect to what Casey's saying. And they're going to say, that's my trainer. Look at her. You know, and that's just you being your authentic oh. self. You didn't spend 10 hours trying to come up with that. You just did you. And I find that I find that in the social media world, my biggest struggle over, I'm talking like years, (laughs) like this isn't just like this year, like this is like how I felt for a while. It's like, because I've always loved being a storyteller, I like Uh to give the context. People make fun of me all the time. They're like, Casey will come in and not just say, I was five minutes late. I will say a squirrel ran across the road and then I made a right. And then the, re- the then I was behind this truck and I'm not lying. Like this yeah. is literally what happened. Right. Like, and they joke like Corey, Corey, oh my God, Corey, my name is Casey, not my husband, <laughs> Casey, not Corey stories aren't long. Mine are, but like my, my, my getting around to the point of the story sometimes takes a while because I just, I like to be a storyteller. I like yeah. to give context. I like to bring a feeling and bring what was happening and how I was feeling. And I feel like I've, I get to a point on social media where I respect people's, the way they feel about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not judging what they feel, but I respect that people do things for their business. And if they're online and they need to, they need to produce content, I respect it. But I tend to post less over these last couple of years than I've ever posted because mm-hmm. I don't have, and I'm not saying like, I don't have time. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying I don't have the energy to be honest 
to do an eight hour reel when I'm in the gym for four hours in the morning with my clients. And like you said, we were talking about before the microphone turned on, run into the bathroom to pee and shove a half (laughs) a protein bar down your throat, right? Yeah. Go back out. And this is me without children. I got a dog, right? It's like, I, I, you know, want to cook food. I want to go to the grocery store on my couple hours in the afternoon. I'm doing other stuff. Then Mm -hmm. I go back to the gym at night for my night people. By the time I get home and go to bed, the thought of posting on Instagram is exhausting. And so it's almost like I want to normalize for people to understand that the second I finally took that pressure off myself of just showing up when I can and when I'm able to. And then when I do, those messages tend to go a lot further than Mm -hmm. if I'm just throwing shit up and seeing what sticks because Mm -hmm. that, what am I getting from that then? Right. And it's not even what I need to get, but it's like, what are other people getting from that? You know, like, and so I, I just feel you so much on this because it's like, we have been, you and I have been this way from day one. It's like, we've always been the two that are like, you know, we end up in the outside. We like to sit in the back row. We like to be like, Mm kind of looking from the outside, looking in and watching what's going on in front of us. And we respect what's going on in front of us. Right. Mm -hmm. But we also aren't. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to say here? It's like, we're not, we're not, uh, it's like we, we are less or what is it? We are, we are not surface level. We are deeper than like we were saying the other day, we had a little catch up call the other night that could have been videoed and and recorded (laughs) for a podcast. Right. But I love what Tasha said in our conversation was, you know, if we go somewhere and there are things you want to take pictures of, and there are things you want to, you know, you want to do, you want to help other people. We're taking pictures, but then it's like, and then what? And then what? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, and I, I literally just saw this picture in my head and, you know, thinking about conferences and, and stuff like that, there were toward the end, there were things that I did not participate in because I was injured, but also I had a life other than social media. Now, again, with the emergence of social media, especially in COVID times, there are people who only have online lives. I have never been that person. So Mm. I had kids, I have, but I have real clients. I teach real classes, you know, and, um, and and I don't want to say real, like disqualifying somebody who teaches online. I mean, like I, in person, in person, I have to go in. And I remember, I remember Jenna Wolf and here's what happened. And I still take responsibility for it. I'm like, crap, but I wasn't trying to. Jenna Wolf was setting up at the podium to talk, right? I turned my phone. I'm in the front. She's in the back, right? She's behind me. She's setting up. Jenna Wolf comes from behind the podium and said, I'll just take the picture with you. So I didn't ask her. She said, I'm going to come over. I took that picture. You know what happened? The whole freaking workshop got postponed like 10, 15 minutes because people kept running up. When Mm -hmm. it was an individual experience, like Jenna Wolf literally walked up to me. Right. She walked up to me. And it started this whole thing like, um, 
we have to have a shoot. I mean, literally, we were delayed. They had to stop it because people started literally running. Um, and there was a point that, and there were people that I knew personally because I was there, then I see their posts and I'm like, WTF. They took a lot of pictures with a lot of people, but never did anything. All they did was take pictures. They didn't even participate, you know? And so you see a picture, well, how did you get close to so-and-so? How did you get close to so-and-so? How did you get close to so-and-so? Like even in, and, and we've had this discussion over the years about, and you just uh, proceeded to it earlier, that um, people say, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. And so there's the, I, w- I want to throw now out there because this is the one that I get asked the most. And when years ago, I created a blog post about ambassadorships and I used to get years later, get emails saying, how did you become an ambassador for Under Armour? You're not looking for my grind. You're looking for my contact. Yes. And so yes. people ask me, oh. how did you become an ambassador with now, and I'm going to give you the same exact answer that I give because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation. People don't want to hear that. What happened was I was at um, Fit Blogging, and this was before now even had an ambassador program, really. And Allison was at the table, Allison, and I can't remember who. And at that point, Alana wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. And I said something about um, being from Chicago. And her husband was from back of the yards, which is Southwest. I was like, oh, girl. I was like, I know that. You know, we literally got into a conversation. I didn't stop because I was trying to sign up for anything. I did use their products. We got into an honest conversation. She had my contact information. How Alana got a hold of me, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was just an exchange, you know, like, um, hey, we're doing a a giveaway or whatever. And I'm like, sure, I'm down with that. You know, I mean, I love, I love your products anyway. Sure. I'm down with that. And, but I got to literally talk to people, you know, are there things that I may have just signed up for? Cause I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but they didn't stick, Casey. You don't build relationships like that. Not long-standing. Sure, I could give you an email, but who you are is still going to show up. <laughs> so it doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, if you're not authentically connected in some way to that brand, you're not going to last. It doesn't matter who you email, you know, like mm-hmm. that that sort of thing. And and there are plenty of companies that I've kind of weaved through and there are There are companies that you put me in contact with. I may not still work with them. Maybe it was just for that season, but I also know you. I'm in friends with you. I didn't just like randomly find you on social media and say, hey, give me your contact for Athleta. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. both of us have done work for Athleta, but we came in two completely different ways. I worked in the store. I folded shirts, you know, so... (laughs) Like, so when I applied for the grant, that was my connect. I said, I worked in Athleta. I did community events for Athleta and nobody knew I was working two jobs in between classes and clients folding clothes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that? Or do you just want to be the person that they're like, oh, she won the grant. You know, it doesn't always work or hasn't worked the way people think it is. That's not sexy to say that I was in there folding sweaters. Like mm-hmm. that's not that's not sexy, but that's also how I learned about the company. 
you know, and it's like, are you willing to do the work or is this for you to get followers? And, you know, my question is always, what the hell are people following? Like you want people to follow you. What the hell are they following? Right. What are they following you for? Exactly. You know, and if we're not in, and I've seen this quote that I said it one day heated and it just came out that I said, if you are influencing people to be better human beings, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, what's your influence? Like, follow you for what? I mean, you're cute. <laughs> yep. But where's your, where's your substance? And, and I just, Casey, I cannot tell you the number of people that I want to just pull to the side and say, baby girl, you have so much. Yeah. You have so much. And you could go so far if you stop pimping yourself out to be seen, you know? And um, there are people I wish I had had that conversation with. Um, It's very hard to tell how, you know, you're trying to tell me what to do and you have 10,000 followers. Yeah, but the reason I have 10,000 followers is because George George Floyd was killed and I got pissed off. That's why I have 10,000 followers. You know, I gained and lost the same 50 followers for two years, you know? So um, I would have rather not have been seen for that reason. But because I was seen for that reason, it gave me platforms that I didn't normally have. And isn't that what we're doing to start creating conversations and getting to tables where change needs to happen? You know, that's the work that I'm doing behind the scenes. No, there's no picture of me doing pushups. None whatsoever. And if you see one, it's not recent, (laughs) but, you know, but my pushups, my pushups, booty shots, none of that got me to this point. And none of it's going to keep me at this point, because as you know, even at 31, your body changes. 100%. Your body changes. And Behind the bodies that you think aren't changing are people who are fighting against the change, which can also, we can hold, get into the whole eating disorder, disordered eating conversation. And there's a deception that we feed into because we are so desperate. We are so desperate to look like a certain thing. And it's like, there's a whole ring around it that you don't even see, you know, where do we get to the point of honoring? No, you know, nobody was talking about hormones, digestive issues, aging, cellulite, babies, turning 30, turning 40, turning 50. It is a biological process, you know, to talk about genetics, to talk about things that we suffer from before, you know, I'd rep Casey. I have not been this size since my daughter has been alive. And I do struggle with that. I'm more in my own body, but I'm going to tell you, I'd rather be here than starving myself, wondering if I was going to make it home to my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what draws me. Like you said, we are storytellers Mm -hmm. and People connect to us because we're storytellers. You're not a figure that people can't touch. You're a real person. And that's what I want to be. I don't want you to look at me like, you can't touch me. I'm Tasha. I 
I don't, and I told you, I think I share with you. I I'm went, laughing because it doesn't even sound like you. Like, right, I'm Tasha, <laughs> right. you can't touch me. It's like, no, Tasha's like, come here and give me a fucking hug. Yeah, yeah. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And there was a girl, and I think I may have shared this with you. This was a couple of years ago. And I went to get a salad. Now, I live in Huntsville, Alabama. I went to get a salad. I don't know what I said or what you posted. And I come in the door and the girl is like, oh my God, you know, power cakes. <laughs> oh God. I was dying. But, but, but. <laughs> I'm like in Paris. I'm like, oh God. But it's cute because I said, what I did was said, I do know Casey. Yes. Yes. You know, to begin to humanize us because people will always call us by our social media handle. Oh, dude. I, yeah, it, it happens all the time. But I said, I know Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, she is so awesome. I said, you know what? She's a great person too, you know? And that is to begin to have people believe that you aren't something that's unattainable. You did it your way. That doesn't mean that because Casey's there, I could never be there. Power Kicks is there. I could never be there. No, you can't be there because that's not your space, but you can be there, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think exactly, you know, I just totally commend what it is that you're doing because like you said before, you're bringing on people, you know, like it's not a, um, a random, please talk as a professional and make this as, you know, medically white as possible. Like, you know, like, you know, the, like the, the waiting rooms always seem white and bland and, and it's just ABC and it's not like that. You're having real conversations. And so people can see that we're people. We're not just handles. Totally. Totally. And a why I do, I want to, because this is like such a defining moment in my life from you is that has, because something that I think as much as I love to be a storyteller and help people through my own experiences and, and really just be an open book and being like, yeah, you're not alone. Like, yeah, there's mental health issue. I got them. Like, what do you want to talk about? You know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know everything, nor do I ever feel everything. And my story is my story. Like, that's what I always say. I'm like, I am not Tasha. I am not here, but I will facilitate you to them because you probably get something from them that I have also gotten from them to help me be better. And it's like, so the one, I just want to make sure you always know this. And this is for the audience too. When, okay. So towards the end of of our Under Armour situation, right? And Tasha will probably know where I'm going. <laughs> so to not get into so many details, but to also create a story, right? right. Um, in the beginning, absolutely amazing, handled amazing. Uh, and Tasha has shown up from day one um, as someone who's going to create change. And it is so uh, freaking inspiring to be around because it makes you want to create change in your own life. And Um, and you're talking like little Casey, right? Like young Casey that hadn't, I think I still always, I'm always working on finding my voice better. Like I, that's why I wanted to start a podcast (laughs) because I'm like, I have so much more to say than just what my fingers can type. Um, and that's why Tasha should have like 75 podcasts, but, (laughs) uh, you know, and so 
I remember like it was yesterday towards the end of the Under Armour experience, we got somebody else took over, um, where our girl Jamie was and God bless her, like moved on to something in a different part of the company. And we were turned into, Oh, we could go on, but we, we were, we were looked at, uh, it went from changing the world of who we were. Like we were making change people. Like I was, we were making just change right in our own communities, like where we were. And then it turned into, here's a pair of Valentine's day boxers. (laughs) I should know where this is going. Here's a pair of Valentine's day boxers, write your name on it said like property of, and then there was like a name that you wrote on and they wanted us to take a picture of the, our significant other with their box, with these boxers on and post our significant other. Okay. Let me just say a couple things here. One right away. I was like, okay, but what does that do for the young girls that I have totally empowered and given them their and done all these events and done all this stuff. Like what's that going to do for them to see my husband at the time he was my fiance. We weren't even engaged yet, to be honest. No, we weren't even engaged yet. My boyfriend in his (laughs) boxers for Valentine's day. And let's also say my now husband, he's not the person that wants to be in front of the camera ever. Like we are so different in the way of the way we create change, right? I'm behind the scenes, but I also can be in front because I'm comfortable there and I'm okay with being the loud voice in the room. Corey is behind the scenes all the time and, and doesn't need to be on, hates social media, hates it. Mm -hmm. Right. But he's done it to help support me and help me along the way, but never wants to be the face. Right. Yeah. So I come to him and I say, Oh yeah. So you're going to wear these boxers and we're going to take a picture of you and I'm going to post it. And, you know, and at the time I felt like I had to, because I was still within the program and whatever. And we do. And I know exactly, I can pull up the picture right now. Right. So Corey just like literally had sweatpants on because he wasn't comfortable just being in boxers. And he like pulled the underwear up so you could see the top of it. So we take this picture and I post it and I think, uh, like it didn't sit right with me. And I was, and that's when it started to really, for me, I didn't have my voice yet. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable enough to say that I didn't want to do that. And so I did it. Right. And this is where we learn from this shit, right? We make Mm -hmm. mistakes. And that was something that didn't really sit well with me, but I posted it because I valued working with all of the history I had with them. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I had such a great history that I didn't want to mess it up. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're in a situation where you're like, I don't want to say anything. How often in life are we in these situations? I don't mm-hmm. want to say anything and I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to create a, a hump in this situation. And I'm 24, right? Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to like start my business and whatever. And I will never forget that, that, uh, what's the word I want to say that wave of being in that position continued. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were giving more than we were receiving. Right. And Mm now I can speak for myself. I was giving way more and I'm not saying anything like, Oh, it's a horrible company. It was the situation we were in. The person came in and didn't know our stories and didn't know us and didn't know all the 
freaking background shit we have yeah. done. Right. Yeah. And that's where I get passionate. Cause I'm like, dude, you don't even know what you had in front of you. Right. Like you had uh-huh. these, you had us, right. We were going to do this. And I remember being in my bedroom and we're Tasha and I were on a lot of the same emails together and things were just changing. And in my gut, I knew it in my gut. I was like, this isn't going the way that I originally thought. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was hanging on to the history that we had. And I remember Tasha calling me, which is like, I love that we've just been friends for so long, but like you, I remember you called me and you said, I'm out. Yeah. I am out. And I remember being like, (laughs) like internally being like, I want to be out too, but I'm so having trouble voicing this. Right. Like, and that is that I had a lot more growing to do. And I had a lot more learning to do on, on myself and being Mm -hmm. like, stand up for yourself, Casey. And to see Tasha be so like straight up, like, this isn't cool. This isn't what we signed up for. Mm -hmm. And to go against something that felt bigger than us, right. That felt bigger than me. I'm I'm talking out of my experience. It felt like I'm going against this company, this huge company and I'm out. What am I, you know what I mean? And so Tasha freaking, and you can obviously elaborate, but you, you emailed, you were out. You're like, this is not good. And I remember getting a phone call and being like, Hey, Tasha's out and being like, I want to be out too. And then wouldn't, you know, they, I get hung along, I get dragged along. I'm like, all of a sudden they post their new ambassadors and I wasn't in that group. I wasn't told about it. I remember being like, and I'm out. And for me, it's a lesson of always like what you said, the more you show up as yourself, Mm -hmm. the more opportunity will come to you because of you. And I didn't have the confidence then to think that I had a next step. I was like, if I'm done with them, then I'm never going to work with a company again. Who's going to ever want to work with me? I worked with the best. How am I going to work with, you know, somebody else? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that I have learned so much from you in that moment, Tasha, of 24 year old Casey, young Casey, that was like so afraid to speak up and Mm -hmm. you being like, emailing them and being like, I'm out. And I was like, I want to be more like that. And if you want to elaborate more, feel free. But that was such a moment for me of, of, I already knew who you were, but to me, that was so, like, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Like, I want to be at the point where I can be like, and this is not for me and I'm out. And guess what? Bigger things are going to happen. And you really set such a standard in my eyes of do not settle for someone for something in all areas of life Mm -hmm. that's not going to give you or that's not going to respect or not going to appreciate what you're doing as who you are, then there's no reason for you to give more to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole emotion of that, like it, it was like, it just translated back into my body because it's what you said you know, again, here I am, you know, an ambassador, you know, with 500 followers or whatever, and to not be locally to people, I was Under Armour. People didn't even know people Under Armour so close. They only knew them in sports. That was locally, but I was judged for not looking, what they considered looking 
the park. Um, but I did ask to be let out of my contract. And, and I will tell you that I gave those boxers because first of all, they were the wrong, they were the wrong size. So they never even asked us what size to send, but I gave them to, I had a, um, I will, I will call him my adoptive son. It was one of my son's friends that stayed with us a lot. And I gave them to him. I was like, here, do you want these? Because I was going to throw them in the trash can. But I knew I was afraid. I was afraid, but I knew I can't go there. Like I wouldn't go there because it was such a slap in the face mm-hmm. to what I had what I had done, what I had tried to create as, as, as who I wanted to be, it was a slap in the face to be reduced to being somebody's chick and them in some boxers. Like, and so it is one of the scariest things that I have done in my career. Because like you said, you walk away from Under Armour, you are effing crazy. And people didn't understand it. And it wasn't something that I ever got in detail with. I just said, oh, you know, um, I just don't work with them anymore. And um, the person who was over it didn't really give a shit. She's like, okay, bye. You know, like they had to go through the legal department. Again, I had signed a contract. I had to be, have permission so that I wouldn't get sued or anything. I had to be, asked permission to be released from this contract and all of that. But Casey, one of the things that I found out was that there was a period that there are very few things that have happened in my career until this last few months that was bigger than Under Armour. Like Under Armour was like the the mic drop moment of my career. Um, But lying to myself to get extra t-shirts. And I mean, I had a beautiful run with Under Armour and there were things that I was able to do. That wasn't it. And um, in between that time, I have, um, I have been approached by several companies, but I have also been turned down by several companies, several big companies. Um, I have been turned down by local spaces only to have them blow up my phone you know oh my gosh we saw you on xyz and um and i try not to have any emotion about that i just believe that timing is everything and i'm going to get where i'm where i'm supposed to be now i'm not going to get there laying around on my butt watching netflix (laughs) but i can also you know the whole video and um just for reference i made a a six and a half minute video from my car in june that went viral Mm -hmm. and all i did was go to lunch get my salad and get so pissed off that i made a video and it's so funny because with, with such passion and truth somebody inboxed me and was like I could tell like you were hot because you were sweating. It's June. The fuck do you think? Like, you know, and I'm like, but that's, but that's what you took from it. You understand what I'm saying? So no matter Mm -hmm. what you say or what you do, Mm -hmm. people are going to take it at the angles that feels right for them. Like if that's your space to always be critical of somebody, then that's what you notice at six minutes. I was sweating. Yes, because I was in my car without the air conditioner on because I was thinking about sound and I'm pissed and it's June and you know, and um, 
a lot of things have changed since then. And some of those companies came back around. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know you don't want me because you think I'm great. You want me because other people want me. You know? And so um, rarely at this point, I'll probably make a post about it tomorrow because now it's on my mind. But rarely <laughs> at this point in my career do I ever feel like I need to use, I was an Under Armour ambassador for anything because I thought that it was the, like the, I started in the fitness industry by selling gym memberships for five to 10 an hour. And I have a master's degree. The idea of that to Under Armour is still, it is still mind boggling. Like the feeling is, is overwhelming to say, I don't know how I got there. But to hold on to that as if that was my only worth was something that I needed to let go of to find more of Tasha as opposed to just relating that to myself. Because as long as I said Under Armour, people like just wanted to know me, you know, (laughs) they just wanted to, they just wanted to know me and I'd still be Tasha without an ambassadorship without a sponsor, without a free shirt, without, you know, I'd, I'd still be, I'd still be Tasha and I have to be okay with that. Even as Tasha goes through, um, these changes, a lot of them have been very public changes, um, to accept that nothing is wasted. Whatever experiences I have went through or have gone through, nothing is wasted. Um, it's never the end, you know, again, because, you know, stress, weight and PTSD and hormones and grief, I thought my career was over. And now at this quote unquote weight, I'm in more places than I've ever been. And that was a lesson for me to finally get right about who I was and what I actually presented to people. Because a lot of times I was caught up into my weight because two people were caught up into my weight, but 2000 people didn't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was finding that I'm okay being here and I'm okay if you don't see me because I'm now more focused on how I see myself and how if I were to die tomorrow, how my kids saw me or all the, like you you work with young girls, Mm -hmm. how they see you, what they see as possible through you is going to be more important than any fucking ambassadorship you could get. Mm -hmm. That is your legacy. Not me in some cute Under Armour clothes. They were hella cute. I just threw my (laughs) last pair of tennis shoes away from Under Armour like three months ago. Yeah. But it is the legacy that you create because if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, would you still have impact? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking to myself. If you didn't see another post from me, would I still have impact? And I don't really care at this point um, about people balancing out what they think I should do. Like, is she doing work here? She should do this. She could do that. She could do that. Because most of the time, people have no idea what I've done. Because I don't have to tell anybody. The people that I I worked with or helped or connected, they have their own stories about it. And it always doesn't make social media. Mm-hmm. That was a tangent. Uh, that was a no, tangent. I 
freaking love. Nothing you do is a tangent. <laughs> it's a like tangent. so direct and so good. And it's like, there was a quote the other day. It was like, um, you know, what, uh, it's like, it went viral. It was like how, you know, I don't love my best friend because of her weight or I don't love my, you know, it's like, I don't love my mom any less because of her weight. Like you don't even think about it. Like you don't even, it's not even a thing. Like, it's just like you, or mm-hmm. for anything else, like it's like anything else with that person. It's like, you love them for who they are and what right. they bring and the impact they have on your life. And right. if you are constantly looking for other, for other people's secrets and what they're doing and what they're, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. like, you said early on, you're never gonna be okay with your own worth and your own value and like knowing who you are. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, especially just in this industry, it's really mm-hmm. easy to get caught up in looks and appearance. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I will say early on in this social media career and what I was doing, cause I was competing at the time. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was how people would respect you. Like, it was like, Oh, if I show my hamstring workouts, which to be honest, I just genetically have hamstrings. There's no secret. My dad has them too. So ask him, you know what I mean? Like, it's like my dad and my hamstrings are the same. So when people are like, Oh my God, well, early on, I was like, Oh, well, I'm doing this, 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 here's pictures of my hamstrings, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, it, it could have started that way, but quickly I realized that in this industry, it's like, it's so frustrating to just be a person from the outside looking in that knows truly Mm -hmm. it's not even about what we all effing look like. I know that there are obviously points of different things that we can hit on, but it's like, in the end, what are, what are our bodies doing? Yeah. Why are we showing up? And your biggest, your what you said, um, you know, now last year, which I can't even like, I don't even know where time is going right now, but it's like last year you said to a class of, uh, cause my, my whole, all my zoom people absolutely adore you, but, um, you know, you left them with. So, and I think, and this is, it's making me laugh because it's like, of course people are like, oh, she's going to give us this secret. That's going to be what's going to change, you know, whatever. And you literally say to them, you all need to take care of yourselves because if you take care of yourselves, you can then take care of people around you and -hmm. you can help people around you and you can raise that vibration around you. And everyone, I think honestly was like, I thought she was going to come out here with like some (laughs) secret potion that we needed to do. And it's like that going back to the beginning quote, there's not one thing that me and Tasha know in this industry more than anyone else, as far as like the secret or the magic sauce, whatever. But when you literally came out and you were like, you just need to take care of yourself. It's the most simple shit, but it's the hardest for people to accept. Yeah. Because people want, I don't, I don't fix people. And, but, but there was a point that I tried, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I actually run a coaching group now. And my first statement is, I love you, but I am not your babysitter. 
Mm. I'm not sending extra follow-ups. I'm not, if I have sent you this, put it in your calendar because there comes a point that you have got to learn to prioritize and I'm not going to keep running up behind you to offer you help if you don't really want it. No, no love loss. I love you. You know, even somebody that was in my group um, and it just wasn't working for her. And I said, I love you, but you don't have time for this. It doesn't appear that you have time for this. And what I'm doing is giving you an out. And I don't want you to think that I take it personally, but if you're not prepared for it, then I would like to dedicate my time to the rest of the group because I'm not going to keep texting and following up behind you. You don't owe me any explanation. You don't owe me any excuses. You can totally say no and we can be done. Mm -hmm. And I will not love you less, no matter what you said. You know, my, my love is I'm not going to drag you into something you either aren't prepared for or don't want to do. That's it. You know, it's like, I wish that was a lesson I had learned at 16, wanting some boy to like me and like driving myself crazy because I felt like if I did this, they would like me. Or if I did this in my classes, people would like me. And then what you end up with is fucking identity crisis because you can't remember who you are for what person. Yes. And it's, yes. and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Oh, it's hard. I'm like, I took I so many notes. I'm like taking so many notes and I know you have to work soon. I'm like, I'm just going to keep, ta keep talking so about the whole time. The funny thing is that I'm looking at my phone because we're in an ice storm. Like, oh, are you cold. like the, the temperature is dropping down to 10 tonight and it's been raining all day. So I was off work, but my clients work outside, work out outside and, I'm, and they have to go over each other's house to do it. And I'm like, woo, okay, I'm waiting on the phone over here because I don't, yep. you know, what are we doing? But again, that's real life. That's not the stuff that I'm on social, social media. I will not be on your Instagram live at four because Tasha has clients, you know, yes. like that, that, that's what like real life people that I do not post. Yes. And I think that another big lesson that I've learned from you um, and I really do like, I, I have so many, there's so many things, so many topics we could honest to God talk on, but I freaking love everything you said. And people are going to get so much from this because it's like, even if you're not a fitness professional or if our story, like, oh, you've never worked with a company. Like if we're not saying, oh, we worked with Under Armour, it's the lessons that we learned from mm -hmm. these experiences. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, people are brought into your life for a reason. I truly believe every connection is, is not a coincidence. It's, uh -huh. it's meant to be. Uh -huh. And it's like these people that get brought into your life and they teach you something and they open up a pathway that you might've not had before. Uh -huh. And the beauty uh -huh. of you, Tasha, is you don't judge that person that doesn't have that pathway open. You're yeah. just holding space and you lead with example. And that yeah. is just how you are. And it makes me want to be a better trainer. It makes me want to be a better person. It makes me want to show up for my people better. But you also, you also are so true to who you are that it's like the, the other side of it, the hard things to talk about, the yeah. uncomfortable things to talk about. You have no judgment surrounding it. And you're just truth, hundred percent truth. And it's yeah. so inspiring and it's so it's just, it's like, like you saying, I am not your babysitter. <laughs> like it is so true. And it's so, I think it's not when you don't have like maybe other trainers around you or people that you can talk to about it. And it's like, for you to say it, it's, it also helps the client too, because it's like, 
they all ha- also have to realize that in the social media world, like I know Tasha, like you, you want, it's that fixing people versus, versus just holding space for people. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, you put so much on your back because of who you are and the truth you have and people come to you to have that non-judgmental conversations of so many things. And, and people also have to realize though, that like you have to cook dinner tonight. You have yeah. clients. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have, you have clients, you have, you have to, we have to pay the bills. You have to, you know, it's like, we cannot expect to just keep taking uh-huh. from people. Um, without, you know, just appreciating and giving them the recognition that they deserve. And I think that if to just be completely clear with everyone, when companies come to me in my email and they're like, Hey, we're looking for other people to reach out to. I give one person Mm -hmm. and it's Tasha. I give one person. It's not because I don't love other people. It's not because I don't believe in their abilities. (laughs) It's not because I don't, I just know I'm like, I know this woman on such a level that you will get the most out of this woman for what, for what the message you want to create Mm -hmm. is already in this woman that I give one name and it's Tasha because the, the truth that you put out there is so amazing. But I also, it's like, we turn that mission that that statement that you gave to my people of mm-hmm. taking care of you back mm-hmm. on you because yeah. it's like, cause I also know from our conversations, how mm-hmm. overwhelming that you have felt that you have been, that you have been wanting to fix help people. And yeah. it's like, I just want you to know that like, you're fucking doing it. You're doing yeah. it and you're doing it so amazing. And I'm just so thankful for you. Um, and that's why, I don't know. I just love you. And it's so Every time we talk, it's like opens a whole new level of just reminders for all of us to just be true to, to who we are Yeah. and those people and those companies and those, they'll show up. Yeah. Show up. They will show up. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Oh. Yeah. We have to do this again. We have, we to, have to do this. We have again. to do a part. We have to do a part two because we'll talk part all day. Two? I and, know. and people will be like, gosh, we've been listening to them for like four hours. No, so. listen. But like literally, it's so funny because like to me, like Tasha's like, Tasha's so good at like you were like the moderator for the talks that, you know, uh, I've done a couple of things where like Tasha's like the moderator, yeah. right? And she she hosts and runs it and whatever. And I'm like, Tasha's so good at like tying me down and being like, okay, great. You have 75 details, but we're just going to stick with two. Like you are so good. You are so good at keeping it going and keeping it together. And that's why from day one, if you listen back to my first episode, swear to God, I think it was day one. I literally go, okay, so this podcast, I have a lot of ideas and I'm going to bring Tasha on. Like it's like my first (laughs) podcast. Like I'm like, because you're just one of those people that I learned so much from and you're, and people are going to learn so much from you. And I want everyone to know you and that is how I'm just passionate about people knowing you and the way that you create change. Um, and it's just so inspiring. And so I'm so thankful Tasha. And I literally wrote down so many notes. So guys, don't worry. Tasha's (laughs) going to come back. Um, because I have, 
so many things, so many topics we can talk on, but I adore you and I'm so thankful for you and everyone can follow Tasha. Where can everyone find you? Of course, I'll put it in the show notes, but give a little background. Yeah, I should probably direct you to my website that I rarely write on, but I, but I am going back to it, which is hiphealthychick.com. Um, I, again, there are some hurdles and leaps that I have to get over. And I don't know if I've shared with you that, um, we're actually moving into another house this week. And my mother is in the hospital fighting COVID. So I have (sighs) 50 million things going on. And so I do plan to get back to that, but I'm mostly on, um, Instagram, if you like stories, it's Black History Month. And so everything, they aren't facts, so to speak, but they're stories about um, my experience in different in different spaces. I feel like that we can be a better support to each other. Um, we create more, I don't want to say tolerance, I'm going to say acceptance, when we understand people on a people level. And so not as a, a, a different type of entity, but um, and I just feel like stories are, are my authentic voice. And so I've really um, enjoyed doing that. Um, I'd rather do that um, than keep up with all the paperwork and the clients and the classes. I love them, but it is a lot. And so I'm taking my hat off, my, my hip healthy chick Instagram hat off, and I'm going to the trainer like in today in the ice storm, we're going to do so-and-so. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you like political rants, you could probably find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah. love Tasha. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And gosh, um, thoughts and prayers to your mom. And obviously Thanks. I'll keep checking in with you um, uh, in the real world <laughs> outside yeah. of the computer as yeah. always and everything. But thank you so much for being you and just freaking showing up and helping so many people with just being Tasha. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'll put all of Tasha's information in the show notes, guys. Make sure to be following her and the stories and you will get something every single day from this woman. So we love you so much and we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.